0: Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight, and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by.
1: Hi, I'm Pastor Brad Mathias. I want to welcome you to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I'm here with my co-host, and confidant Robert Beeson. Hi Brad. Hey you like that intro. That was pretty good. It's different yeah. Yeah (laughs) co-host and confidant. Robert uh, you know you and I probably are the most unusual team right Hmm. this is the odd couple. Hmm. Last episode we talked a little bit about you being a cook and uh, that you actually like to cook. Mm -hmm. And that there's a certain skill that comes with that. And I explained that I didn't have
2: that skill. But you're good at driving to fast food restaurants and you know exactly where to find them.
1: I know where they are. I know exactly what to get at each of those fast food joints. And then on the other side of that, like, I actually like to go to places like the mountains where there are bears. And Bigfoots. Yeah, and I, I like, don't. I like to go to those places and go out into the woods. And well, you, I do too, if you there's room the service. No, you don't. Yeah. No. Yeah. So there's definitely this sort of uh, different perspective that we each lend to the role of parenting, right? You have yes. your perspective. It's very refined, <laughs> very cultured, very elegant. <laughs> I have a different perspective. Mine's a little bit more... You know, out in the woods, mm. a little bit, you know, unshaven, mm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. We have a guest today that goes back, I think, twenty years. I'm racking my brain, but I think I've known
2: this guy for almost twenty years. Isn't it scary how many people, just how far back we go with people, and then you realize it seems like yesterday. Right. But then you realize, but crap, it's been twenty it years. Has, that means I yes. need to add twenty five years to. Yeah however old i was and so
1: we I, have it. i'm looking forward to this interview not only because i think he's an amazingly interesting guy but i want to catch up and hear what he's been up to absolutely so without a lot of a further discussion i want to introduce to you christafari frontman founder pastor and parent mark moore welcome to brilliantly brave hey man
3: thanks man it's great to be here and yeah talk about a blast from the past
1: <laughs> wow, uh Mark and I go way back. I was one of my after I was uh in chiropractic medicine for a decade, I got saved in my early 30s. And one of my first assignments sort of, you know, kingdom assignments if mm-hmm. you will was was helping out a company that was a big distribution group and they their name was Butterfly Group. Uh, hmm. and they were, they had bought Diamante. And so for those inside the music world, they had these, all these labels. And one of the first labels I got to know was this Lion of Zion. Hmm. And in that, that group was this Christ Safari. And Breakthrough stuff. I mean, this is really unique stuff, right? And so this whole idea of Christian music that came from the islands and how it was affecting the genre, I got to know this guy, Mark Moore. and He's a pastor, and he was passionate for Jesus. And all of a sudden, it's 20 years later. And we're interviewing him again. And here we are. Mark, what have you been up to, man? Tell us.
3: Well, since Butterfly, <laughs> we've seen the whole music industry change. Obviously, as you can tell, there's your fast food. Yep, you've definitely been to fast food.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, since Butterfly, we've seen the whole music industry change. We went from focusing on being a ministry standard band to uh, we. one day we were flying from from uh, an island in New Caledonia, which is uh, in the South Pacific, to another small little island called Lifu, and it, it was notorious because the last missionaries uh, the last people to be eaten there by cannibals were missionaries oh, nice. And so <laughs> nice. it was it was one of those unique places and I, I felt like as we were on this plane, God was downloading the new framework, the new hardware for Christ of Far Eye, and it was that we were going to be full-time missionaries, musical missionaries and musicianaries, as you will, and that God was going to uh, take us to the ends of the earth, to where all these other artists have never heard of, have never been, um, may not be popular, and and our calling has completely changed. So we're doing the same thing. We're on stage, we're ministering before thousands, but we're doing it in... So far, we've been to 75 countries. Wow. And um, we're we're really focusing not on the Nashvilles, no offense,
2: <laughs> you know, or the
3: Detroits, or, or other places, but we're really focusing on the places where there's need. And yeah. a big part of that is reaching the lost, the last, and the least. The least of these, meaning that we also minister in trash cities. We, we uh, minister in slums, favelas. Uh, you know, some of the poorest places place, people that could normally never afford a concert. We come out and do a free concert.
1: Wow. So you have been continuing with the ministry and the passion of reaching people with music, with lyrics, with the spirit of God. Right. And uh, understanding that the talent, the gifting, the anointing, all that stuff flows through that lifestyle of being submitted to Christ. And you, you now have a uh, couple of decades of experience.
3: Yeah, almost three now. Almost um, three decades.
1: It's just blowing my mind how old we are. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, at the end of the day, like, we interviewed – Robert, you and I interviewed Michael W. Smith a couple couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so here's a guy who is still talking about what he started to do 30-some years ago as a Christian yeah. pop artist. I'm talking to Mark. Almost thirty years later, he's still doing. Still doing it. I mean, there's something about that consistency and that dedication and that perseverance on a call in your life that's really admirable. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving you props, Mark.
2: That there aren't many guys who've done that. I mean, I'm not. Well, here's what else I love about this story, Mark. Is that you know I, you've had the success. Um, in in the Christian music industry and notoriety and all that. And and we all know, it's no secret, that the industry itself is kind of imploding and there's not a whole lot left there. But that didn't Mm -hmm. stop you from continuing on what God started in your life. And I think so often we look for outside ways to validate what we do um, if you're a musician, if you're, if record sales start going down or there's other genres that become popular or whatever, then you're going, oh, well, I guess it's time to move on. What I love about your story is like, no, your story hasn't stopped. It's just, okay, where else does this plug in? How else does this reach people? And I just think that there's something, there's a message in that for all of us to think about even, we can't measure ourselves just by what seems to be the viable response of our immediate surroundings, we've got to continue whatever God started in our hearts um, to wherever He wants us to go. And I think that that's that's an amazing uh, credit to you. But also, I mean, what what is it that's so insatiable about your pursuit of of continuing to talk about what God has done in your life? And to re- I love I don't remember the exact phrase the the least the lost and the what. What was the last loss in the least? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just that's inspiring. And so, has it always been that way for you, or was there a moment where you came to the idea of, okay, I, I've got to God has started something that I, I I can't just I can't just put on a shelf.
3: Well, great question. I I started the band just two weeks after God set me free from drug addiction. I was seventeen, almost eighteen. I was a rebel, runaway. I was a punk. I was, I was the prodigal times 10 and it actually took a, a, a modern day version of the prodigal son sermon to actually slap me upside the head and wake me up to realize that not only were my parents there ready to receive me home, but my heavenly father was, and he wasn't mad at me. He was madly in love with me. Mm. And so that, that was the wake up call. But when I did that, I mean, I, I went from a marijuana grower and a dealer to To a Jesus freak, and that was before DC Talk made the song popular. It wasn't a cool thing at that time (laughs) to be called that. And I had one mission, save all my friends. (laughs) And then once I saw those friends come to Christ, it was save my school. And then it was save my city. And then it was save my state. (laughs) 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 And then we got signed by Goatee. (laughs) And I feel like, to be frank, I feel like we got derailed a little bit sidetracked and everywhere we went I, I gave the gospel if it was reggae sunsplash 46 cities playing the biggest concert stages in america i preached the gospel but at the same time i had an industry now telling me that success is charting yeah success is a radio hit good luck with that with with it reggae yeah song. Um, (laughs) Well, you did it. I mean,
2: you guys, to be fair, you guys did have some, you did get notoriety. I mean, I just.
3: Yeah, yeah, we did. But they they tell you success is measured by that. Right. Yeah, we get we sell 100,000 units and we realize success is fleeting because success is here today and gone tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And you may be on the cover of CCM this week, which we would never work. But um, you, you may have that article. But do you have it next month? And do people really care? And does anybody beyond your parents really, really care? And (laughs) it got me searching. It got me really, uh, and and I I feel like God eventually kind of course corrected us back to, Mark, what is true success? And true success is, well done, my good and faithful servant. True success is, wherever your treasure is, there your heart is also true success is things that are eternal. On this new album, we have a song, wherever your treasure is, there's your heart. And, you know, it, my, I, the first line, my mother, I remember what my mom said, not everything that glitters is gold. And it <laughs> seems like the world is having us chase after something that's fleeting. It's, it's a vapor. It, it's here today, gone tomorrow. And um, if, if we try to get soul satisfaction, well, that's why the most successful people in the world are actually the most empty, the most suicidal, the most depressed, the most <laughs>
1: you know,
3: t- taking the most prescription drugs. Right. And because it's never enough. And so so what I'm what I've been trying to do the last 6 years is is try to gauge my success barometer on what Jesus said, well done, my good and faithful servant. And that is I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave mm-hmm. me something to drink. So, okay, we're now feeding people. Great. At our concerts, or before our concerts, or in between our concerts, I was in prison and you visited me. Oh, guess what? We're going to start doing prison ministry, <laughs> and it's awesome, <laughs> and, and so on and so forth. And and obviously, one of those <laughs> is I was going to hell and you brought me to heaven. <laughs> you know, obviously Jesus didn't say that, but right. But when people are searching for what am I called to do, what am I gifted to do in life, what should I do, what's my purpose? As Christians, we can never ignore our two core purposes, love God, love others, and we can't show that we love others without fulfilling the Great Commission and trying to bring them to Jesus.
2: Hmm. I love that. And so, with all this um, passion that you have for reaching the world and, and reaching out to those that are hurting and that are in need of a Savior, whether they be in prison or they be hungry or, you know, wherever they are in a suburb, um... How do you balance um family life with all that? Because you know, we're called to and I think the the reason I'm asking is that a lot of people in ministry that's one of the casualties is that we feel so, you know, <laughs> given to what we what we're called to is that our families take kind of second fiddle. And how do you balance that cuz you obviously have a big vision for the platform of what God has called you to do.
3: Yeah, and and, and having been doing this for 29 years now, I've definitely seen whew, I, you know, I'm going to tell you some things that I've probably never said. I never said in an interview like we had two guitarists in a row come hmm. home from a long tour only to find their their wife with the next door neighbor. Hmm. And let's just say they weren't cooking. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it was tough. And so that made me say, OK, well, they can't be married. Well, what happens when they get married? Hmm. And, you know, you, you kick them out of the band. That's that's not encouraging. Um, so what we, what we would do is when, when the wife was called to be a part, we would bring the wife in and she would always go, but then we realized that's also a challenge because, um, that person is, uh, may not necessarily be called to this. And so, um, we, we've definitely had a lot of, had a lot of, a lot of learning lessons over the years. What I did was first and foremost, I married somebody that shares the same passions, the same calling the same giftings um similar giftings my wife sings and plays bass in the band and um and was raised to to do this for a living by her dad who did what i do so that was just god really blessing us and i, I one piece of advice i would say to those who are single is is um do what you're called to do the right person will come alongside you um, somebody else said Run the race, and if you can find somebody who's who's at your pace, <laughs> introduce yourself.
1: <laughs> nice, I like that quote. Run the race, and if you can find someone at your pace, introduce yourself. Yeah. Oh, that's good.
3: So, so ultimately, I, we we got married, Avion and I. And um, next, here's another piece of advice I would tell anybody. Um, I know you want to have kids immediately, but wait as long as you can. Because that you will never have that you two time, not not the band you two, but the two of you together, alone, courting. It's just the two of us, just the two of us. You'll never have that time the same way again. And so, seize that, enjoy that, and we wait, did that.
1: For- wait, no, I'm jumping in, man. No, no, no. So what you're saying is that you should put your relationship with your wife above your kids. Is that what I just heard? Well, I'm saying I'm saying That's so countercultural, kids, you Christian crazy man. I I'd love say, that. Keep preaching, I'd brother. Say,
3: first of all, before your kids. I tell people, you know what? You you can pop one out any time, Lord willing. Um and you know what? Avian and I took us it took us an extra 5 years after we decided to have a kid. And so that was even more blessing. We were just like this is us. We were really happy and then boom, we got a kid. Okay, so now here's my advice that is very unorthodox somebody said to me to basically either you adjust your entire life to your kid or they adjust theirs to you and um we we decided okay we're going to continue to tour until we can't anymore which means that our daughter was on the road for quite a few ye- quite a few months while while we were pregnant she, so, so she was used to the moving the traveling the this the that next thing second the kid pops out of course you know i'm doting on her i'm singing songs to her i'm loving on her she's smiling it is life-changing i said within i think within three days i said avion you and i are going out on a date and this is like pretty serious considering that that my my wife had a c-section so so it wasn't easy for her to move Hmm. we went out to a movie without our kid with somebody else Freaking out because they didn't know how to cut open the the, the nipple on the bottle, and and is the water the right, is the milk the right temperature, and and it wasn't easy for that person. It wasn't easy for our daughter, but I wanted to keep the status quo, continue to date my wife, despite this kid.
1: <laughs> Do you realize, Robert, how similar what he? I mean, he's saying it in his Christ Christafari way, but <laughs> but he's saying the same thing Michael W. Smith said. Yeah. He's like my wife is, is the queen. She is the first lady of my house.
2: I we think made is a the pact quote. to never be apart. We made a for more two weeks. We're,
1: these marriages, these these ministry careers that last, there's something that I'm seeing as a thread. Like they have prioritized the marriage.
2: They've established a foundation yeah. that is
3: non-negotiable.
1: How countercultural! Our culture tells us that you got to chase your kids forever. Like they they got to be in everything and do everything, and you got to no yeah. I'm keep going, Mark. I just interrupted with the little editorial. So the
3: next, the next, the next thing we did is within, within five days we took our daughter out to go to our favorite restaurant and everybody thought we were crazy. I was like, you know what? We love to eat out at this Greek restaurant. We're going to do it as, as, as insane as this is, we're going to charge it. We took our daughter to our favorite beach. We, we were like, you know what? We're going to keep, The normal mode of operations because it seems like everything comes to a screeching halt when you have a kid and and in in many respects certain things should but as much as you can do what you're normally doing the kid will adjust to you otherwise your entire life is like err and has to adjust to the kid Mm -hmm. and another thing that I would encourage first-time parents I would definitely say get a mentor Find like like with Alcoholics Anonymous, you have a sponsor. Hmm. Get a sponsor that has that has some years on you. What a great and, idea. Yeah. And and ask them, hey, is the is the wet wipe warmer really necessary? <laughs> do I need do I need a diaper changing table in every single room in the house? Do I have to have a, a, a diaper genie? Do I have to have this little thing that rocks the baby and all these different things? And and you 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 ask yourself that and as and you ask somebody else that, and see, the society will say, You need this, 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 this. Anybody who's had more than one kid knows one thing you don't need that stuff. You change the kid on the bed, you change the kid on the dinner table, you change it, doesn't matter. Wherever. You change them on the hood of a car. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've done that, <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's so, so true. It, and so there's a lot of things that the american dream says you need and you need to do that you you really it's it's good if you and 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 if you if the person who sponsors you or or that you that you can kind of hang out with here and there and ask questions to if that's somebody who who's parenting you actually admire that's a really a
2: good thing. <laughs> you're bringing up a great point that I you know this isn't necessary not necessarily the topic of parenting but what you're talking about is kind of cross-generational like influence. And yeah. I think I've been I've been talking to another friend of mine who's starting a ministry of the, it's called cross-generation and and he's, they're doing exactly what you're talking about reaching out to people that might be a little further down the road and asking for some advice. And a lot of times in America we're we're taught to be so self-sufficient you could and do it. Just read this book and and just we, Google it. Yeah, just exactly. Just Google it. And we're missing like sharing the road with people. And here's the other thing. It's not. It's reciprocal. So if you're reaching out asking for you call it a sponsor, um, whatever you want to call it, someone to have influence. If you honor someone to the extent of saying, Hey, you've been down this road. Would you mind if I called on you? You're not burdening them. You're actually. Yeah honoring them and and there's something that happens when one generation reaches out to another generation that's a little further down the road and says you've I, I I'm I'm blessed because I know you and you've been here before would you mind just giving me your influence or imp- influencing my life and we don't as a society reach out enough and ask for yeah. support and so I love yeah. what you're saying and it's 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 simple but it's kind of revolutionary when you're I when you're actually identifying deliberately someone, and allowing them to speak into your life, I think that's very biblical, and it's it's an incredibly um, simple but uh, a really impactful way to to take steps in life and and don't get the ba- baby wipe warmer if it's not needed. You know, I mean, but you wouldn't know yeah, that I based mean, on what culture says. I
1: mean, we can look back. You know, it's been my youngest is twenty one, uh, my oldest is twenty six. Like, I can look back and go, you know, all the fears. All the uncertainties, you know, can I do this? Am I going to do it right? You know, all these little details that we've really fixated over. Can't think of any of them now. Right. right, right. Not one of those is a is a mountain that it felt
2: like at the time. Until someone brings it up yeah. and you're like, oh, And then wow. you're like,
1: oh, yeah, I remember we really struggled about whether or not sleep on his stomach or his side, you right. know, and whether <laughs> they should have a pillow in there or not, you know, and if a blanket was a danger and mm-hmm. whether the nook was a good idea or their teeth would rot, you know. I mean, all this stuff <laughs> that, you know, you just you don't know, but you want them to suck on something because they're screaming when they're not sucking yeah. on something. I mean, there's all these different things that you go through as a parent. But looking back, the thing that really mattered is the actual relationship, mm-hmm, the yeah. time that I spent, and I realized that love is spelled T I M E.
3: Oh. Hey, you took my next one.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay, so Holy Spirit, it's uh, it's obviously a thread, right? I mean, you can't. Sh- what does that spell? Well, it spells love. <laughs> All right, yeah. just I'm just kidding.
3: <laughs> no, no, no. Love is spelled L O V E. That's what but I you, thought. But you're I was just showing <laughs> it by T I M E. Yes, yeah. absolutely.
2: No, that's, I think you're exactly the most, right.
3: The most most important thing that you can say every single week is that when it comes to parenting, we pay attention to the things that we care about, hmm. the things that we love. We ignore, we put off, we push away the things that are that don't take first priority in our lives. And in in many ways, well, I've heard people say, you know somebody who's an alcoholic, they don't have an alcohol problem, they have a worship problem, they're worshiping the wrong thing they're putting the wrong thing at the at the top pedestal above their family above their this, mm. above their that and in many ways it's, you know, with, with parenting we just have to choose see this is where we go sometimes too far though, we say okay well I love my kid and so I'm going to put them above everything else in my life and then what they're teaching their kid is is when you have a kid, your your kid comes before your your husband or your wife. Your kid comes before your social life, your friends. Your kid comes before all these, and that there's a value in that. But at the same time, there's there's a danger in that. So what we did is we didn't come off the road. We came off the road because the doctor said come off the road at around six months, and then two and a half months in. We went back out on the road and started touring again. We went in with an easy tour. We did Hawaii.
2: We <laughs> brought my mom. Nice. Yeah, we
3: brought my mom, and she and she was able to spend some quality time with our daughter, Ziza. And then the next tour was New Caledonia, which was the other side of the planet. And that was when God kind of gave me the new, hey, you're going to be musicianaries. And uh, and and that was when my, when my mom said, "This is too much for me. This is too hard. I don't think mm-hmm. I can do this touring." But it wasn't too hard for our daughter. Now our daughter just turned six. She's now been on two hundred and sixty-nine airline flights. Wow! She had one diaper explosion on the first one. <laughs> I think she cried on on the second one because her ears were popping. Mm-hmm. But after that, she's just she's like a flight attendant now. She's she's really gotten used to it and it shows me that it, that kids kids are resilient they can adapt to anything yeah. now if, and 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 in our case we're showing our kid i mean okay i'm going i was talking to greg Laurie's son i don't know if you know who greg Laurie is probably mm-hmm. the most prominent evangelist in america right now at least on the west coast and and i was talking to him what's it like having your dad being like you know another billy graham and he said, it's, it's great. How was it as a kid? Because he rebelled. Uh, and he said, well, I said, what were your favorite moments? He said, when I got to go with my dad, when mm. I got to travel with him to Washington or to New York. What was the toughest time? When he left me behind. Mm. So I gleaned from that. And I said, we're never leaving her behind. One trip, Haiti, it was too rough. We left her behind. But besides that, she's been to, you know, all over the nation and all over the world. You know, when we go into a trash city with all kinds of toxins, we don't bring our daughter on that day. But she's she's back at the hotel or the host home with a nanny or playing with other kids. And and she's getting a world education. It's kind of fun.
1: Wow. I I love hearing stories like this, Robert. Uh, Mark is one of those guys who is fixed firmly on the vision God gave him for ministry. Mm-hmm. And he's not allowed anything to sort of steal that focus from him. I don't think he's suggesting that our kids should fall underneath, you know, become less than, than a priority. I no, think he's, he's saying, saying with. God's called me to do this as a family. We're musicianaries. Let's do this as a family. And you know, and, I, and I'm not a prophet. I'm just saying you know this girl is going to pick up a guitar or she's going to (laughs) hit a keyboard or a drum set. She's going to get involved very quickly as she gets older. and And you got another Christian musicianary that you're raising. It's not just your child anymore.
2: Yeah. It's remarkable.
1: Hey, Well, yeah. Okay. So, and what I'm
3: teaching my kid also, and this is something parents, you need to listen to this. I'm teaching my kid that when you have a kid, your dreams don't die,
0: hmm.
3: and that happens so often. You know, you're, you 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 have this trajectory in life, and you know, I'm I'm pursuing this, and I'm called to this, and I love this, and I and oh, here comes a kid, boom, drop those, and now you're chasing your kid's dreams, and and then that's why these parents are so frustrated because they're trying to live out those things that they dropped for their kid, uh, through their kid, and, and and I'm showing I'm showing them that I'm showing our daughter that. You know, your wife doesn't change your your mission, your calling. Your kid doesn't change your mission, your calling. When your mission, your calling are, are are for God, and hopefully, I'm teaching her to continue to pursue her her passions and her dreams and her giftings, and and that that when it's really done right, two people are made make each other stronger. They don't they don't rip each other apart or derail each other.
2: Mm.
1: Yeah, I, that's awesome. It kind of is full circle in our interview, and we're running out of time, but. I I wrote down the quote at the very beginning. You said, run the race, and if you find someone running at your pace, introduce yourself. (laughs) And it sounds like you and your wife are still running in the same pace. And you've invited your daughter – On the pilgrimage that you began twenty years ago,
3: we're now chasing her. She's 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 running past us sometimes.
1: (laughs) Wow, two hundred and sixty-nine flights, man. That's a lot of flights. She's gonna have some miles. She's gonna have some serious miles when she (laughs) grows up. Well, Mark, I, how would our audience find you if they if they want to check out some Christian reggae, want to find out what it's like to be involved with? Christafari and the ministry and the tours you do and you're reaching the lost, the last, and the least out there. How would they find you online? Well,
3: they would just go to christafari.com. It's spelled Christ, C H R I S T A F A R I, and or if you can't spell that, just search gospel reggae. You'll 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 see us. We have a website that website can give you a link to our music videos. We, we have videos up all over YouTube, probably about 60 music videos now. We film a video everywhere we go. You can see our daughter Ziza dancing hmm. in them nice. and uh, and she's she's just a natural performer already. Um, and then beyond that, I would I would encourage you if you believe in what we're doing as being full-time missionaries, uh, we don't have a label. We don't have a, have a major church that is funding us. We have partners who believe in what we're doing and who believe that what we're doing is, is valid. Since January 1st of this year, we've had the privilege—glory to God, not to us—to see 104,000 decisions for Christ wow. in in probably eight countries we've visited so far. God is really doing something, um, but we can't do it without your help. Uh, you know, how can they go unless they're sent? So I would encourage you if you believe in what we're doing, if you want to see me continue to be able to provide for my family as we are on the road, just go to ChristSafari.com dot com and there's a button that says donate, and that that'd be a great way. The the thing, biggest thing we're praying for is monthly partners to help keep us going to a different on a mission mission trip every single month. About two weeks out of every month, we're somewhere in the world on every continent every year.
1: That's amazing. And the longevity of that and God's faithfulness. I have no doubt you'll still be doing this next time we talk. Um, Amen. So f- for those who are listening, your parents out there, I think some really cool takeaways is, is the reality that that your ministry doesn't end when you start raising kids in your home, that it can actually grow and continue. Mark, you've been a wonderful example and encouragement. Uh, I appreciate your friendship over the this is a long time. I haven't talked to you in decades, but it seems like we just talked yesterday because it sounds like the same guy I remember. Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. Amen. Same, same thing with you. <laughs> That's awesome, bro. Well, to our guests and uh, regular listeners, thanks for stopping by. Um, and this has been Mark Moore with Christ Apart.
0: Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week.
1: Well, we're very excited to
2: announce a partnership with the guys that we know from Boise, Idaho, Robert. Yes, we are. New release today. They're fantastic. Very, very relevant for what's going on. If you want to discover new music in the Christian realm, that's kind of the only place to go.
1: Yeah, and not only do they have amazing music and amazing reviews and just a lot of information about Christian artists, but they are creating with us a brand new devotional product. Call it IRL Resources. Do you know what that stands for, Brad? I found
2: out. You didn't? What does it stand for?
1: It stands for in real life.
2: That's exactly right, Brad. Very good. In real life, because a lot of times we have these standard devotionals that you know that, that we see, and, and we thought that it would be kind of cool to use their expertise in Christian music, couple that with actual scriptural and devotional thought that digs you deeper not only into the song but incorporates it into real life. And so it's a very vibrant and very awesome resource for families and for pastors.
1: Yeah, and so if you uh, have a preteen or a teen in your home and you're looking for a new devotional to do weekly, we have a digital subscription online at IRLresources.com. It's very inexpensive. The first study is free to check it out. There's nothing to lose. You should go there and see what's the latest thing in Christian devotional.
2: Absolutely. You won't regret it.
0: Check us out at iShineLive.com.